Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Welcome along to church. It's a busy day and it's a good day for our team. As Daniel has already said, we've already got a a small army or rather a large army down on the Oval. And uh, uh, if you drive down past that way, you'll see there's there's a lot going on down there. If you've never been to one of our carols event before, um, it begins at four. Dan will probably tell you about that at the, uh, uh, after this message, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience and we encourage you to come. It's a great family atmosphere. We really encourage you to come, but right now it's time to get into God's Word and I want to share some things with you and I've just simply called this, Everything is Within You. And I love the title of this. It's a, it's a title that I have personally carried this title probably now for more than, more than 30 years because I, it all began when I read a book 30-odd years ago. And I, I, from memory, I think the title of the book was called Everything That You Need Is Within You. We're already within you. And when I read that book, it was a, a moment, and God is good like that. He'll quite often just put something in your hand put you in the pathway of hearing something or talking to someone or you'll just come across what you need at that specific time. And I came across this book and it was called Everything You Need Is Already Within You. And uh, it began to form a, a conviction within me and I suppose also a hunger within me and a, a revelation within me that I don't have to go too far to find what God has already provided. He has designed things in a certain way. And if we will walk in the ways of the Lord, it is amazing what gets brought to your life. It is amazing what gets opened up for you. The, the things that could come to your life just because you have chosen to walk with God. And we could have never imagined what life could have become Um, over 40 years ago when we gave our lives to the Lord. I mean, all we did was obey, I suppose, you know, if I could use Christian language now, which we didn't have Christian language back then, but it was that prompting, it was that nudge, it was the compelling of God on our lives to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ as Lord. And I'm so grateful that we chose to respond to Him when we did, but we could have never imagined what life could have developed into and the things that have come our way, the opportunities we've had to serve God and to serve people and all the years that we've been walking with Him. And all we really did was choose to do things to the best of our ability, to choose to do things according to God's pattern. And so if you will do things God's way, there's an awful lot that He has in store for you. But I just want to focus for a few minutes that we've got together today is that everything you need is referring, is, is, is within you. How does this translate into our everyday lives? Well, if we were to go back to the garden this morning, back to when Adam was created... For me, having somewhat of a curious mind at times, I I can't help but wonder what was it that God actually put in Adam? When he created that first man, he put something within that first man that that must have been staggering. What was put in him? I mean, not only that, but the environment that these two first human beings found themselves in was the picture 
of the nature of God. It wasn't just what God's handiwork through his hands, but it was also such a revealing of the very heart of God, the nature of God, the personality of God. His generosity was everywhere. His blessing was everywhere. And when you read the book of Genesis, you see this enormous desire that God has for God to have his own children to enjoy what he has provided. And so you realise as you read, and I like to go back to the start, and that's why sometimes we we, we reminisce about the early days of Highway because I never want to forget what it was like when we started. I never want to forget our raw, our raw beginnings. Was anyone with us on the first day? Felicity Botha was with us on the first day. Who else was with us on day one? You, were you? <laughs> I don't know whether you were there, but she's got a hand up. She's owning it now. Uh, Byron was with us on the first day, right? Yeah, he was there. So that's two people in the room were with us on the first day. And I, you know, you could never have imagined what God had in mind. He had a vision. God had a vision. And that vision was to see mankind living according to his own likeness. And so no matter what generation it is, it doesn't matter whether it's the 21st century or way back at the beginning, God had a vision. And that vision has remained all the way through to this very day that mankind would live according to the likeness and the image of God. So what he put in Adam, what he put in Eve was so that these two would be of his likeness and nothing has changed even as we find ourselves now in a modern age. Let's read Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 through to 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We'll just stop there for time's sake and we'll just open up this page just a little bit today, but there's a lot going on in this one verse way back in Genesis 1. First thing that comes to my attention is this, is that God has given to humanity, you and I, as he gave to Adam and Eve, the opportunity to live under his blessing. The opportunity to live a blessed life, God himself spoke blessing over them. These two people had an environment that was completely blessed, a life that was personally blessed and everything around them represented the touch of God. God's handprint had been everywhere. The touch of God was in everything they felt, everything they tasted, everything that they could see, everything they could hear. The handprint of God was every, everywhere. It was the blessing of God, not to mention the level of creativity. The creativity around them must have been breathtaking. If you think that this worship team, this 
production team we have is creative. All that shows is a mere glimpse of the creativity of our God. The creativity of God was around them everywhere and nothing whatsoever was limited. It was a display of the abundance of God everywhere. There was nothing that was limited. They just had one thing that they had to obey. One thing. And to me, this does not just show just the cleverness of God to show that he was able just to put things together and make it look good, sound good, feel good, smell good. To me, it reveals the very personality of God himself, the nature of God. And not only that, his very desire to have us live in his garden. Blessing isn't just something that he does. It's also who he is. And as we move into 2020, we are literally days away from the year 2020. I am believing for us as a church that you and I would move into a greater dimension of the blessing of God, an even greater dimension of the blessing of God, a greater dimension of God's personality and nature revealed to us that we know what it is to walk an intimate walk with our God. When we use this word blessing, and it's a, it's a well-worn path to use this word blessing, it's like God bless you or you've been such a blessing to us. But we use that word so um, casually at times and yet in the Greek word and in particular in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians when the word blessing is used, it means in the Greek to speak well of to speak well of. And I want you to know as we walk this journey with our God, I want you to know that you have a God in heaven who speaks well of you. He pronounces good things over your life. Not only that, but Jesus turns to the Father all the time. He turns to the Father and even Jesus is speaking well of you. In fact, he is interceding for you to the Father and pronouncing the Father's will over your life, over your children, over your family, over the generations still to come from your lineage. There is a pronouncement that God is pronouncing good things over your life. So let's begin to be people and continue to be people that are in a habit of speaking well. Let's speak well and pronounce that every good gift from above is ours for possession today and as we go into a new year. Speak well of the days to come. As we go into a new year, don't go into it thinking with dread and uncertainty. Don't go into it and say, oh, it'll just be another year like the years before. Why not stand up now on the inside and say, I am beginning to announce and I'm going to begin to start speaking well about 2020 because my God has a purpose for my life. Speak well about you, just you. Don't speak negative things over your life. I'm this, I'm that, I'm no good, I'm no, no good has ever come to my life. Begin to pronounce the good things of God over your life. Speak well about your children. 
even if they were doing ugly things right now, who knows that the announcement and the pronouncement of God is greater than any act that they're performing right now. Begin to speak well over your children. And God's Word will catch up with them wherever they are. I think it was... um, Richard Roberts' mother, when Richard Roberts, old Roberts' son, was out doing all the things he shouldn't be doing. And Richard Roberts' mother said, you will never outrun the prayers of your mother, you know. Doesn't matter where you go, what you do, you cannot outrun my prayers. There's a woman right now who knew how to pronounce the good things of God over her son, even when he was messing up. Speak well about your children. Speak well about their future. Speak well about our church. Speak well about Highway Church. Begin to speak about the purposes of God over this local church and this local community. Begin to speak and pronounce the blessing of God. And all of that is within you and I right now. Right now. It's within us right now. The other thing is this. We all have a potential for increase. Not only did they have the blessing of God, but they also had the potential within them to increase. I firmly believe God's put this in us. I believe we are people that were created for increase. Not just increase for increase sake, not just because lots of people have increased. But here's the underlying thing. Here's the thing to draw our attention. We want to increase, but as we increase, bear fruit. It's got to be fruitful because we want fruit that remains. You might increase and be busy and run yourself to the point of exhaustion, but ask yourself the question, has all of my increase borne any fruit? And is it fruit that will remain? We have within us the potential to increase. We have within us the potential to bear good fruit. Everything that God has pronounced around Adam and Eve, around them was a picture of the possibilities of God for their days. And if we would grab a hold of just somehow, in amongst your walk with God, say, God, give me something of a a picture, a discernment, of just the potential, the road of potential that is ahead of me, and you can start to speak into that. What God had pronounced and given to Adam and Eve was not meant to be temporary. It was not meant to be here today, gone tomorrow. It was meant to be lasting, it was meant to be eternal, and it was meant to go from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Aren't you glad that Jesus did come? And because Jesus did come, it has continued from one generation to another, to another, to another, and to another. It didn't stop with Adam and Eve because God sent his own son to die upon a cross so that 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 which he had intended for all humanity continued on to this very day. Increase, fruit, and blessing is meant to be for you. Pronounce that and see what God does with that. Some might struggle with these words this morning because you might very well be looking at a picture that doesn't look blessed, that doesn't look like increasing whatsoever. And if it is increasing, then it's increasing in all the wrong places and all the wrong ways. And I want to tell you that God is near to you. 
His word is like a hammer. His word is like fire. It is well able to produce what it's been sent to do and begin to pronounce the plans of God. Remember the different soil types? Again, for time, we won't go into it, but in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark chapter 4, it speaks about the four kinds of soil. I I think I got... um, reminded about this this week because we've been doing bits and pieces at the back of our property and I just thank God for Daniel and (laughs) the team that have come with him because our land is seriously challenging. I mean, not only does it have a 10 metre drop, but it is rock, 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 rock. There is nothing nice about it whatsoever and Uh, These guys have been coming over and giving us a hand to put some rocks in and Wayne as well came to give us, other people came and it just reminded me this is rocky ground. Well, the Bible speaks about rocky ground, but it also speaks about shallow ground and thorny ground and, and good soil as well. And every one of these soil types carry their own environment, every single one of them. The rocky, the shallow and the thorny are kind of self-explanatory because what is sown in those is difficult to get anything to take root. It's, it's difficult and if you do, if you do, then it's this long distance maintenance thing to try to get something to stay in the rocky, rocky ground or the shallow ground. Nothing much retains there and it requires long-term attention. The shallow soil, of course, had no depth to it. And the thorny ground, well, you know, that had spikes and thorns attached to it. I got reminded about that as well because around our pool we had these plants and they had these leaves that come down to a sharp point. And whenever our grandkids used to come over for a swim at the pool, they'd get stabbed every time they went in the pool because the leaves started to overgrow over the pool. So, again... Daniel to the rescue, <laughs> along with his, with his team, amazing guys in the heat. They just pulled that thing up and transplanted it somewhere else so those thorns didn't cut into the flesh of everybody. You know, in the Bible context of that, thorns can be removed. Grace will remove thorns. Love and forgiveness will produce, will, will, uh, will um, what's the word? not replace, remove thorns. God's way works. That's what all I'm really saying is this. God's way does work. But of course, the fertile soil, the good soil, is the one that you and I want to focus on today because the good soil is vital. It's the good soil that retains the seed. The good soil absorbs the seed. The good soil allows an environment for the seed to grow. The seed is the fruit-bearing seed that has a harvest in it. I, I wanted to bring a, and I, I went down to the shops this morning to try and get some, but I couldn't find it. But the other day, I was reading about something or other, and um, I read that if you want to get rid of mosquitoes, there's certain plants that mosquitoes hate. Apparently, it's mint, it's lemon trees, it's um, lavender, it's something else. So I went searching for all of these seeds and I thought, and I found some mint seeds and I found some, some other seed and I rattled the container like that and I thought, well, 
All the seeds are in that container, but it's not going to get rid of those pesky little mosquitoes until I create an environment for the seed to grow in. And then once it's produced, it's whatever it's meant to produce, I'm getting rid of mosquitoes. I'm done with those little creatures. They are just, who would imagine something so little could be so annoying? But you've got to create the environment. We've got to build an environment of receptivity to receive the, receive the seed of God's plans. And the reason that I focus on this today is for one reason. It's because everything is in seed form. Absolutely everything pertaining to the kingdom of God is in seed form. Seed time and harvest is a principle. It's happening right now, whether we're aware of it right now. Your life is somewhere between seed time and harvest. It's a principle. It happens all the time. We are either sowing seeds for the negative or we're sowing seeds for the positive. We are sowing seed right now. The difficulty for us at times is we sow the seed and then there's a time lapse in the between seed time and harvest time, and it's that time that sometimes we run aground. But here's the word that I have for you today. Your future is stored up within your heart right now. Just as the future of that seed is already stored up in that seed, even when it's rattling in that little container that I had the other day, the future for that seed was already in that seed. I find this both exciting and challenging all wrapped into one. And I say this because, again, the parable of the sower tells us everything is in seed form. Do you know, as we gather down to that oval in a few hours' time, the carols developed some 21 years ago because that was in seed form. It was an idea. It was a seed form idea that started when my son was playing at a Logan Council show um, at Logan City Council and I went along to hear him play and they had some event happening down there. And I stood watching him play on the back of a little truck. It was a very little truck. And as he was playing guitar, I had this little, one little idea that was in seed form that our church could start a Christmas carols event in our local area. It was just a single little idea. And you've, I've got to paint the picture for you at the power of a seed because at that particular time, we were just a tiny church. We didn't have all of the musicians and uh, production people and gifted people that we've got on team right now. We were a skeleton team. Mike, were you on our first one? You were there, Robbie, Rob, I don't know whether you were there, but Mike was, and we had a very tiny little team to come and pull this off. And I think one of our guest speakers, singers at the time was Vanetta Fields, who used to be John Farnham's backup singer, and we'd invite us, someone else in, um, I won't go into details because that story didn't end well, but all I say is he split his pants and... Um, that wasn't good. We invited in Humphrey B. Bear. Does anyone remember Humphrey B. Bear? That was a bit of a story attached to that too. I won't go into that just in case you might know who that person was, Humphrey B. Bear. But all I can say is that we started in small beginnings, but 
Isn't it wonderful to know in the power of that seed of one little idea, what God has built from an idea, everything is in seed form in the kingdom of God and God adds to it, he builds to it, he brings people and resources around you to carry the message of the gospel wherever he wants that to go. So grateful. But it takes fertile soil. It takes a receptive heart to retain the seed because the seed is fruit-bearing, but it's always up to you and I, you and I to carry that seed and to do something with it. So let's be people as we move into this coming year, be people that just decide to be receptive to the seed of God's word. Your future is already stored within your heart. We can choose the harvest that we want to live on based on the seed that you carry already. As we make our way closer, I came up with this little thought the other day. One little thought and you'll get this. And I just began to think about it and meditate on it. And I said, God, I'm believing for a bumper crop next year. I mean, everything is about our agriculture. Quite often in scripture, it's about agriculture because that was their world back then. I'm believing for a bumper crop of souls. I'm believing for a bumper crop of prodigal sons and daughters coming home. I'm believing for a bumper crop of just our church reaching whatever place God wants us to go to. I'm believing for a bumper crop. I'm believing for the kingdom of God to, to begin to flow through this place like we've never known before. And I know I can stand in that place because I know what we've sown and I know the principle of seed time and harvest is in operation even as we speak right now. And even though we might have sown a seed here for this, that and the other time, uh, something happened when we planted the seed. We're on the way and the day must come that the harvest must come because it's the principle of Mark chapter 4 and the way the kingdom of God works. A bumper crop means this in agricultural terms. It simply means that something that something has yielded an unusually productive harvest. An unusually productive harvest. It means that something unusually large has come out of a bumper crop. And as I say those words, something is stirring within me as I have a heart and a desire to see God's church look good. I want to see God's house filled with worshippers. I want to see God's house furnished with people that know how to praise him, that know how to declare the good things of God. I want to see God's house furnished with people that have declared him as Lord and Savior over their lives. I want to see God's house with people that are unafraid and unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that are unafraid to tell someone about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life and come to church with me and start to experience what God has done in me. He can do in you as well. There's a growing picture on the inside of me, but the choice is up to you and I. Will we leave things in seed form or are we ready to sow? Don't stop at seed form. I walked away out of Kmart or Target or one of those stores that I don't want to be in at this time as you're battling car parks and crowds and people as I'm trying to get my head around Christmas presents. And the other day, I decided not to take home the seed of the lavender and the mint and the whatever it was that gets rid of the pesky mozzies, but I left it on the shelf 
because I thought I'm too busy right now to do something with that. And the seed stayed on the shelf. And as I walked away, I thought that seed is not going to produce anything until you go back and get the seed, create the environment for the seed, and let the seed go to work. Don't leave what's within you at seed form. Don't pronounce the wrong harvest in the days to come. Start now by planting the right seed. Father, I pray over every life, every family, every man, woman and child. God, I pray over our church right now. And within them right now, Lord, you have put the seed for their future. Father, as Holy Spirit, you have awakened that thought within them. That right now, Lord, that seed may be sitting on the shelf of their life. That seed, oh God, that you've put within them might still be sitting there as an idea, as a thought, as a dream. It may still be sitting, oh God, within. And Father, I pray right now that you would awaken that place within every single one of us. That we would walk away from this meeting knowing that it's time for me to do something with that seed so that the seed can become what you have intended it to become. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. We honour your name. And I pray the fresh touch of God upon everyone in this room, those that are down on the oval right now, those that will be involved later on. I pray as we move into 2020, Awaken the desire within all of us to do something with the seed so that the harvest can come. In Jesus' name, amen.